the reason why so many people don't take action to manage their own money is because they feel like they need like a PhD in finance and they need to know all these terms. And honestly, you don't. As long as you have a really good foundation and you know a couple things, then you're good to go. I'm not like a smart, smart guy, but, you know, I just understand how money works and I'm able to translate in a way that's really simple. And the other thing is, are you doing what you're preaching? A lot of the stuff that I talk about, I'm doing 100%. This is the Personal Finance Show. Hi, I'm Bo Humphreys, and this is the Personal Finance Show. At 22... Arian Bezai is Vice President of Operations at Enrich Academy and has investments of over $100,000. At 16, he read Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki and told his parents he wasn't going to college or university. They were not happy with his decision. That year, he saw Enrich Academy on Dragon's Den and decided he wanted to join their mission to help Canadians learn, understand, and control their money. Though he was young, the founders of Enrich Academy were impressed by Arian's passion for personal finance and his willingness to learn, and they let him join the company as an intern at 17. He was hired on full-time after eight months, and since then he has presented to tens of thousands of Canadians and has been the keynote speaker for hundreds of different corporations. Arian joined me in the studio to tell us his personal finance story. I remember when... Me and my family used to go to restaurants and you would get dinner, but getting anything besides water was like a sin. It's like, oh my God, you cannot get a Coca-Cola. Nope. You can't (laughs) get ginger ale because it's like $2. I love it. I love it. They make their money on the drinks, right? Is that what what your parents would always say? I don't know. I think it was just something like, no, you can't afford luxuries. You can't overspend. Just get the bare minimum. And that's kind of my earliest memory and i remember even now going to dinners like with my girlfriend it's it's hard to get something that's yeah. besides water like it's like <laughs> yeah i want to rind ginger and it's like whoa 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 like, whoa. like you kind of have to go back to those times we like, can make that at home yeah you know exactly. and, or take it with us was were desserts looked upon the same way same thing like you just go in there get the bare minimum and get out getting your sustenance and well why go to a restaurant at all was it just that was know. just a special different yeah. food maybe that you wouldn't have at home it's like special occasions special like you go occasions. on your birthday like like stuff like that even but... on your birthday you couldn't get it <laughs> <laughs> do you remember no no oh, nothing I just wanted pepsi yeah, or, or something so so you learned about uh, what what would have been the lesson there yeah so i don't even honestly i don't even think there was a lesson like it was just just be stingy or cheap but you know when it comes to money i'm not i don't want to live a a cheap life i want to be smart with the purchases you make and then spend money on the things that you kind of want to spend money on yeah like Um, things that are are valuable like i mean they they were right it costs like absolutely nothing to first of all get a pepsi somewhere else actually if you go to the grocery store it's the cheapest right you probably get one for 35 cents or 50 but the markup that they make on these drinks is crazy like i don't you know i stopped drinking 10 years ago because of my addiction, but I still pay three fifty for a Coke at at a bar if I go, which yep. is really dumb. Oh, and if you add alcohol to that, it's like it's like ten dollars. Yeah, I'm saving a lot of money for you sure. You're saving Rel- so much relatively, money because <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna nurse that Coke too, right? As long as I can. But and also sometimes I'll get and I'll give this to a lot of bars. They'll give it to me for free because nice. they think I'm driving. Which is why, the only reason why anyone wouldn't drink, right? Because you you're driving. Sometimes I am. Actually, most <laughs> of the time I am driving because everyone hilarious. else is drinking. Okay, so you're you're making money at a certain age, though? When did you start working? So, yeah, so I started probably working at 16. I would buy and sell snapbacks. So snapbacks were like hats oh at the time. Oh, my God. Oh, wait, snapback hats? Yeah, okay, snapback so hats. They, they made a comeback. It. So they made a comeback when I was in grade 9 and 10. And there are these hats that they kind of snap on the back. And you can adjust them. And they were really cool. Like you get like a Raptor snapback and some sports teams. And they were kind of rare in Canada. They were yeah. huge in the U.S. So okay. I would buy them bulk down in the U.S., Nice. bring them to Canada, and just sell them. Sell them to my high school friends. And that's where I started actually making like a pretty good amount of money. Like you a made couple, decent money off of this? Yeah, a couple thousand dollars. I was in high school. Okay. And then it's funny because one of my friends came up to me and said, Hey, Arian, 
I have this stock. My grandpa is like an investor. You should buy into this stock. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Stock, stock sounds good. Yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> and it was, I remember the name. It was Tosho. It was a mining company. Tosho Mining. And it was... What year was this, oh, by my, the way? 2012. Okay, 2012. Yeah. Because you just gave away your age. So yeah, there you we'll go. talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 2012 and you're like, the, like, get this mining stock. Yeah. So what happened, I remember calling my mom. I was in grade... 10 and i called my mom like hey mom you got to open up this because you need like a yeah, brokerage you're too account. young for a brokerage account yeah right? I couldn't, am i right you know, yeah you're right or, or I, older i think it's 18 yeah, or older yeah sure and so yeah i couldn't call my mom like mom open up this account <laughs> open it up i got this stock tip and i don't even know if it was like insider trading or whatever it was but i put <laughs> this money into this stock yeah and in six months i think i put in three grand i was 16 years old yeah and it went to zero <laughs> literally zero i lost three grand and wait how does the stock go to the company must have folded it, it went bankrupt yeah the whole company went bankrupt oh my and God. i lost three grand and that was my first major lesson on money that whatever anyone says you want to buy this or that like do your own research yeah and don't put all your eggs in one basket well and you're well you're being so uh small business and resourceful yeah. with the, the importing did you have an import number but did you have no to i didn't i don't even know no HST, no i didn't do any of that so hopefully yeah. no cra <laughs> people aren't listening but well that was years ago yeah. 2012 yeah there is no so much has happened since then <laughs> So you didn't go through any of that, but uh, obviously you didn't charge HST, and you you made a couple of thousand bucks, but it wasn't thirty thousand. No, which is it was the threshold. yeah, it was like maybe so max ten thousand. Like six. for a sixteen year old, this is still a hobby. Yep. Uh, but that's big money, and you learned uh, triage, which is buy from one place for one price and sell for another another place. Yeah. Of course, this is because it was through business channels, is wholesaling and, and distributing. Right. But it, what made you what made you do this in the first place? I want to know. Like, what about before 16? Why weren't you doing anything for money, first of all? And why, what would make you think to do this? Honestly, I've, I don't know. Like, I really don't. And I've always wanted and has been interested in money. Yeah. I remember my first real book was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. I read that in grade 10 and that changed my life. I, I read that book. I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm not going to go to school. Like that was, yeah, that was. <laughs> so you, you almost dropped out of school? No, you know what? I almost or dropped out you? of high school. I didn't go to college or university. <laughs> yeah. And it was just because everything he was talking about in that book that, you know, self-education, the power of self-education and how you can learn about different things. Now, at the same time, I wasn't a good student at all. So yeah. school wasn't for me. I and I, I realized that early. I see a lot of my friends just graduating now and a lot of them shouldn't have gone to school. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Like, I miss out on a lot of things school offers. The social aspect, meeting cool people, learning how to learn. You mean university. University. Or college. Because, yeah, that is really what it is about. I mean, sometimes the degree doesn't matter at all. It does if you're going for something specific, of course. But really, it's just about getting through this part of your life. But it costs so much money, doesn't it? It's insane. Was that a factor for you? No, it wasn't. I remember my parents are Persian. So like okay. education is so important. And when I told them I'm not going to school, it was like, I didn't speak to my mom for two years from grade 10 to grade 12. Are you serious? Because like, you knew in grade 10. I knew in grade 10. How, like how? Just that book. Like it's, I know, like I wish it was, it was one book. Well, and tell me at least you met Robert Kiyosaki. I have not. Okay. I went to one of his seminars. <laughs> he wasn't And there. I was so disappointed he wasn't yeah, there. Yeah, no, he doesn't. <laughs> I, apparently, he licensed out the Rich Dad Poor Dad uh, name, yeah. right? And he doesn't actually go, but he goes and speaks on his own in some places. I think you could probably find him. At least maybe you get your mom to talk to him or something. Yep. yep. <laughs> Smooth things over. Exactly. <laughs> but I guess my mom that, hates him. <laughs> but I guess <laughs> I guess uh, your parents accepted this. Um, well, we'll talk about where you ended up, and maybe it that's took them why. a while for them to them accept it. It took them a, a long time. But before this, let's talk about what your parents did. It might explain. Uh, well, before this, you know where you're where you were headed. Yeah. So my parents were born in you know Iran. They came to this country for a better life, and mm-hmm. a lot of stuff happening in Iran. And it's just you know they don't have the freedom that they have here in Canada. Such no. an amazing country, and yeah. one of the biggest things for a Persian parent is the pride that their kids are going to go get an education and have okay. a better life. And yeah. that's not going to school. Entrepreneurship is a word that they don't understand. They don't get mm, it. It's okay. like, what What the heck do you mean entrepreneur? Like, that doesn't, I don't know what that means. So, Because yeah, that doesn't necessarily apply to, to all immigrants. I mm-hmm. mean, there's a many, many oh, people yeah. who immigrated to Canada 
and entrepreneurship was the thing, the right? only thing. But uh, again, then they seemed to want better for their kids, right? Is that is that so? They for weren't sure. they, they weren't in entrepreneurship. What were they doing? So my dad is a school teacher, mm-hmm. which is ironic, <laughs> and my girlfriend's a school teacher too. So it's like it's really ironic. And my <laughs> uh, mom was a uh, banker. Okay, so she's a teller. So so yeah. they were doing this. Uh, like they moved before you you were born here. Yep, yeah, born so here, born, born and here, here, and your your siblings as well. Yep. Okay, so every, they moved before they had kids. They moved, uh, I guess, I'm guessing in the 90s or early? Probably earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So they they've been, they were here for a while. Oh, for, for a long and time. And so they were established and they're like, this is how you make money and you save it. Did they talk to you about money at all? No, not, not, not really. You know what? They kind of followed the status quo that, you know, go get a good paying job, pay down your debt, get a mortgage or mm-hmm. pay down your mortgage. And that's the checklist. It. Yeah, right? there's kind of like a, yeah. a checklist. And anything checklist. that's not that checklist is like, don't do that. No, yeah. do you want to go on your own? That's crazy. Don't go on your own. That doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? So, yeah, and then it was it was kind of tough for them to kind of see. And then uh, when I joined Enriched Academy, which we can kind of talk about, I introduced them to Kevin and, and Jay, who are the owners of this company. Mm-hmm. And, and Dragon's Den kind of gave them some throwing out a lot of stuff right now. Yeah, so yeah. kind of kind of explain. So. When I was in grade 11, I was watching Dragon's Den, okay. favorite show of all time. Yep, yep. And I just love the show. And this company came on. It's called Enriched Academy. And the whole premise of the company was to teach kids about money. Yeah. And they were talking about why don't kids ever learn about money in school? They learn about Shakespeare. They learn about photosynthesis. Absolutely. But they don't learn about basic money the management. daily stuff yeah. that we do every day. The stuff that you're actually going to use, right? <laughs> like, I don't, don't remember the last time I spoke to someone <laughs> Shakespeare, right? Like that's that yeah. never happens. We could try, but let's not. Let's oh not no, let's absolutely not. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I saw that that episode. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like I love these guys. I gotta work for them. So I actually sent Kevin, the owner, a couple emails saying, "Hey, my name's Erin. I'm in grade eleven or twelve. I think I was in grade twelve at the time." So, hey, I'd love to work for you. I'll work for free. I'll do whatever it takes. Sure. I just want some mentorship and. And so the first couple of emails he didn't respond to and which okay. kind of sucked. But yeah. what I did after that was, and I don't know where I got this from. I think I read it somewhere, but I made a 15 minute video. It was just me behind a webcam. Okay. And I just started talking about what I can do to make the company better. And nice. looking back on it, it's funny that that video makes no sense. Like I watch it a couple, but they love the initiative. Like, well, oh, yeah, wow. You probably don't know that much about I guess with Anything. the intricacies of what the company is yep. going to be doing or how, or personal finance even. Yeah. I mean, you know, you read that part. You've written, you've read other books too. Yeah. So I read a, a handful like of other books. Up? Yeah. I'm just eating the, the information up. But yeah, the, I think what I was talking about was more business related. Like, oh, you need a social media present. You need to do webinars. And sure. it was like, whatever. And so, but I sent them this email and they saw it they liked and it. they loved yeah. it. They're yeah. like, oh my gosh, like no one does this. Okay. And so okay. they gave me a shot. And so that's kind of how I got started there and slowly brick by brick kind of climbed the ladder and, yeah. and got a little bit better, went out there, spoke and made phone calls, made cold calls, did whatever I kind of had to. Yeah. Uh, and got really good mentoring. That's the biggest thing, you know, getting mentored by amazing individuals. These guys are proven entrepreneurs. They sold their last company for $123 million. So nice. they know what they're doing. They, yeah. they really know what they're doing. And getting being able to get mentored by that, the way that I look at it, this is my schooling. Like I'm, I'm in school right well, now. Well, yeah. So yeah, let's drill down on this. So you are, so 16, you do the entrepreneur thing. Uh, you lose your, <laughs> you <laughs> lose your shirt on the sock. So that, that was all the money that you made at that mm-hmm. point. 3000 and so you learn your lesson about okay maybe i need to do some research but no you're not necessarily thinking uh well stocks are bad or maybe i need to do a balanced portfolio or anything like that yet right no so you're just thinking oh, okay that was a bad move i gotta make a different or better move next time yeah kind of the thoughts kind of yeah and you know what i need to go find a career right like i need okay. to I need to really start learning how to make money before I learn how to take care of the money I make. Yeah, so this is pre-Rotching Dragon's Den. Yep. So pre- you, you're having these thoughts. So were you still selling the, the snap? No, I stopped after that. Well, I actually had one really bad shipment. So one, oh, like, okay. Yeah. yeah, so I did bulk orders because shipping was crazy expensive. And I used to kind of pre-sell them, kind of mm. like condos. Like, yeah. like which snapbacks <laughs> do you want? Oh, wow. These are the ones. Okay, okay then I'll order it. Like consignment. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But the shipping is crazy expensive if you do that. So what I did, I just bulk ordered yeah. like a hundred snapbacks one time, 
which was a lot to me at the time. And yeah, they sent me like 25 oh. and it was like the worst ones. And so I lost like a good amount of money there too. And that's where I just kind of stopped doing that. So. Yeah. It maybe wasn't as feasible. Yeah. To, you know, you didn't have any control over the inventory or anything like just that. A, just another learning lesson, another mistake, another learning lesson. And I don't know why that happened, but it did happen. Yeah, I just got 25 really crappy snapbacks, paid for 100. The guy just would not return my phone calls. And really? just and it wasn't like not an that. actual store. It was, I think it was someone and... Yeah, probably some, some, some guy dude. with the source. Yeah, selling to a 16-year-old. That's <laughs> right. So maybe, yeah, maybe he kind of figured it out and decided to be a jerk. Yeah. Did you go do anything more entrepreneurial in, in high no, school? No, not really. It was just a really kind of, you know, had a lot of fun in high school. But then that's 18 years old is when I remember my friends started getting acceptances and started. And you didn't apply at all. I didn't even apply. And I, it was, it was, that was scary times. I remember all my friends on Twitter, they're saying, oh, I'm going to York University. Oh, I just yeah. got accepted to, to Western. Yeah. I always had entrepreneurial thoughts. I always wanted to create and build and do cool stuff, yeah. but never really started a business or, or anything like that. That and I knew how hard it would be just to go out there and be an 18 year old to go start a business. So well, my yeah. mindset, yeah, my mindset was, you know what? Let me go work for a startup. Let me learn as much as I can. Yeah. And then I'll go start my own company. Well, that's what I would recommend to anybody. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, because I, I did the last 15 years working for other people. And I think, you know, should I just have started earlier? What if I started 15 years ago? Yeah. Where would I be now? But the yeah. whole thing is I wouldn't have all of the skills and knowledge that I have now. Right. right? So, yeah, of course, going out on your own seems like you had this bug, but you didn't have anything really to work with, right? Yeah. Like, uh, other than Rich Dad, Poor Dad, yep. and, and <laughs> some literally experience. Nothing. Literally yeah. nothing, right? Yeah, but going to work, it just seems like so... You were fighting, like, an uphill battle against society. Oh, yeah. Your parents. Yep. Uh, everyone like telling you, <laughs> yeah. and you did you go work for free? Is I did. A, I worked for free for about eight months. How like how can you? So are your parents being nice to you? Yeah, parents being super nice, right? Living at home, not really not happy with you. Not happy with me, but you know what? Kevin and Todd and Jay Seabrook, Todd Peterson, all CEOs, founders, yeah, came to my house. They did talk to my parents. Don't worry, he's in good hands. We're gonna mentor him. We're How gonna... soon in? Like like right from the top? Pretty soon. Pretty soon. They gave me a couple of months I had to kind of prove myself because they did try out with different students and they just didn't work. We've we've hired a ton of students and it, it hasn't worked out. They don't have that uh, tenacity. We have a fifteen year old right now. Yeah. His name is Tycoon Tyson. Okay. Fifteen years old from London, Ontario. Yeah. He has two investment properties. What? Two oh, come at on. fifteen years old. And right now he's cold calling. He's generating us business. He goes to school, comes home at two o'clock from two to five. He's picking up the phones. He's cold calling. He's generating business. And okay, I'm guessing he got the seed money from his parents or something for the investment he properties. Was at twelve years old or thirteen, he was the number one door to door meat salesperson. So he actually made some seed money himself. Yeah. The other the other property is hundred and fifty grand. All private. Yeah, yeah. He got a private deal. So we borrowed 150 grand, bought this house, paying 7% interest on he, that money. He would have to have a co-signer. Yeah, 15. his parents Yeah, his yeah. parents are realtors but, and they really help. But it's all him. This guy is... That's awesome hustle. Oh, he is the future. And so why why would he... Okay, so you like I guess we could answer the same question. Like, why would you? And then why would he? Why enriched like, versus any other startup even there's lots of financial oh, yeah. literacy lots of education uh, uh, other people you know people who help others like uh, credit counseling yep. and that kind of thing what is it about enrich that really drew you no it's in? such a good question so enriched academy i think the beautiful thing is it's it's such a pure mission it's it's education it's financial literacy and then on, to, on top of that's the people behind it right the company is one thing but the people behind enriched academy kevin cochran todd peterson jay seabrook unbelievable unbelievable mentors and entrepreneurs and they're really like i call them my grandparents just to joke around but they're really like kevin is like uh, my they're probably younger father. than me yeah you know what i think kevin is 41 okay and a little bit older than me amazing amazing entrepreneur yeah. and they're proven like they they know what they're doing and they're, they're offering to help out and so it's not like you're just working but you're learning and working, just teaching you so many different, not just money, but business advice. And that's my advice to all my friends, right? I say, hey, what industry do you want to be in? Do you want to be a photographer? Great. Yeah. Go and work for free for a really well-known photographer for six months. And that's the best financial decision I ever made, working for free. 
best financial decision. It's so smart. You know, uh, the, I've heard, uh, I don't know if you know who James Altucher is. He has got a podcast called okay. The James Altucher Show. He ta- he wrote a book called Choose Yourself. Nice. And he has some daughters, and he m- made them a deal. Like, he said, don't go to school. Like, he's, <laughs> he's really quite wealthy and, and can pay for them yeah. to go to school. He's like, don't go to school. I'll arrange for you to work in a business. Yeah. <laughs> Just go and work there. That'll be your your schooling, like school of, you know, it's because like, yeah, the school of hard knocks. Like if you unless you want to be something that's regulated, like a lawyer or a doctor or a pharmacist or, mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Dentist, then you don't have to do that. Like. Okay, there's a really, really interesting. I just went down to FinCon. It's the yep. biggest, right, uh, personal finance conference in North America, and we have a little Facebook group. And somebody said they were having a conversation with somebody that they know, and they said you shouldn't be talking about money unless you have a degree in finance or economics okay. or accounting, yep. right? And the conversation apparently got quite uncomfortable, right? And she was like how many people in this group have degrees and what do you think? Like, how would you address this? Oh man, you imagine the comments that are coming through, right? This seems like a lot of us have degrees. You can see mine on my wall, (laughs) right? Did this help me with what I'm doing with personal finance? Does it help me do a podcast? Absolutely not, right? Am I talking about uh, intercompany consolidation and foreign currency translation or derivatives right now? Hey, maybe I understand what that is when somebody tells me that's what they do. Yeah. <laughs> that's all but does that make you less qualified to talk about money like you know you don't have a college degree do you have to address that oh my gosh so yeah it's one of the biggest hurdles i've faced because when i was 19 that's when i started going out and doing these workshops around personal yeah. finance and i think the biggest advantage i have is not having that degree and not having that that cfp and the reason why is because i can speak this language yes. as if i don't know the language and Absolutely. so when i say mer management expense ratio yeah we don't say mer like people know what it is no it's a commission this is a commission you pay to your financial advisor and on your investments that's what it is that's right right and let's and talk so, about that in yeah. real terms you know yeah, what is exactly this thing? no need to overcomplicate it no that's need right. to use these fancy terms and i think albert einstein said like if you have to make something sound more complicated than it is, you don't yeah. really understand it. Yeah. Right? You have to be able to bring things and make them simple. And the other thing is, are you doing what you're preaching? Right? Like I have money, I have rental properties, I have money in the stock market, private lending deals. Like a lot of the stuff that I talk about, I'm doing a hundred percent. There's a stat I saw on the Tony Robbins book. Yeah. Forty six percent of financial planners have no retirement plan. They don't have it at all. No retirement plan. <laughs> not not to uh, bash against them. No, but, but you're yeah. probably right. And and uh, you know the whole mutual fund business was set up for salespeople to make money. Yep. Not for helping people. Like I mean, banking in general. We can get into that a little bit. Well, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time <laughs> on that. But yeah, let's go. Let's go back to. So you're starting at this company. Right. You're working for free for eight months. And then you get a position and you, they're like, okay, now we can pay you or how did did that that So what happened was I was doing workshops. I was in sales and sales is really, you know, you get what you, what you sell. So at the beginning I sucked. Like I was really, really bad. I was going out there and and selling nothing. So what do you sell? What are you trying to sell? So what we're trying to sell a couple different things. So we have a kid's program that we would sell to parents to teach their kids about money. Individual? Individual like DVD sets. So I started off doing that. Yeah. After that, we put together this event. So it's a full day event and kind of like the personal finance event that you went to, we call it our wealth mastery boot camp. Okay. So it's a full day event where we teach people everything that they need to know about money from getting out of debt to understanding nice. MERs to doing private second mortgages to real estate to the markets to yeah. doing your own investing. So we put together this event. It started off really small. We had like 50 people come out and sure. and it just grew over the past four years. We've had, I think, 9,000 Canadians attend this event. Wow. And how frequently does it? So we do them once a year in a, every major city. So just the whole past year, I've been on, I think this year, I've been on 42 flights just right across so the country. So you're going to different cities yeah. and putting these on. How many in, in like, what's a typical attendance in a city? So typical attendance. So in Vancouver, we had about a thousand people come out to it, wow. So which was great. And they're not cheap events. Like they're $400 a ticket, right? Wow, so okay. yeah, they're, they're, because what we wanted to do is 
we wanted to make this event. We also have an event for people that are kind of struggling financially in debt. We have yeah. a whole online curriculum that we we kind of say, oh, a lot of people say, oh, I can't afford this. Well, we have our, our whole online curriculum that if you're in debt, living commission check to commission check or paycheck to paycheck, yeah. that's great there. But yeah, that's how these events work. We've had thousands of people, right? Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg. We're doing one in Ontario, November 16th, 17th. And yeah, that's kind of what it is. It's learning about money in a fun, easy way. Everything that you need to do, all the tools. So yeah, so as and as as I got better at selling these events, my income went up. Because you were working on commission. Yep. So that's how they're compensating. And I suppose this $400 price tag that people pay mm-hmm. is more than made up on their end for you know saving and fees. 100%. Just the, the learning itself, right? We had one, uh, she was a realtor. And she had 450000 in an investment. She's paying 3.2% MER. Okay. 3.2, which is oh. high, which is pretty high. Wow. It is pretty high. And so what she was able to do, she came to our event. We taught her. Because the biggest thing with us, it's not like, oh, use us. Come invest with us. Use our financial planners. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. We just teach you how to find the right ones. So when she came, she found out she's paying 3.2, which she didn't know. Mm-hmm. And she was able to get that 3.2 down to 1%. So that right there saved her thousands and thousands of dollars yeah so just uh, oh, to yeah. break that down for people three percent and four uh oh, sorry one percent on 45 450,000 would be forty five hundred dollars yeah right so she was paying closer to fifteen yep thousand a year in just fees and what do we think she was getting in a return on that i think she was getting a, a average five six percent return like over maybe a 10 year how long does she a, have that in there four year period so the past four years which was low I yeah guess. that's was pretty that, low was that net of, of her fees or would they take that out of there? that was you net know? yeah so that's four. That was net. so yeah. she was really getting like a seven point yeah so two. she's paying this high premium to get somebody to get slightly over say the the market yep. average to then bring her back down to below right back the market down. average. They were basically getting paid the same, right? Like they're both what getting like three, three percent each, three and a half percent each. Yeah, right? and then of course there's the concept of over the long term, say yeah. 10, 20, 30, 40 years, that that actively managed three point two percent fee that is supposed to be worth like all of this awesomeness yeah. in investing, kind of averages out over the. We that did the period. math over twenty years sure. at a six yeah. percent return. It was she would literally. If she wasn't paying any fee, getting a 6% return, she would have $1.3 million. Yeah. Because she's paying this 3.2, she'll have 630000 Yes. So it's like a, like literally half, which and, is what it is. And half. The, the, the data tells us that the active managers would probably still get the 6% that the, the passive investments would get, right? Yeah. It's like there's no proof that in the long term they do better. Because that's Not a justification, a lot of right? Not that, a lot of proof. Well, there's a stat. I think it's where was it from it says 96 percent of actively managed funds fail to out the outperform the market over a 15-year period 96 percent 96 percent so because so, if there was a better stat than that hey i'd happily pay three percent to get 13 100 percent because then great i'm getting day. my 10 percent that which is what uh, uh <laughs> yeah what um, automatic millionaire uh tells me uh, i should be getting in terms of the latte factor <laughs> but Ten percent is just an example. It's that's really hard to get these days, isn't it? It is tough. It's tough. Well, you look at the markets now. Like it's the U.S. has done pretty pretty good this year. Canada has kind of struggled, but you know what? Over a, the past hundred twenty years, eight percent. Like if you if you have decade by decade, you're looking at an eight percent return. Just overall, in a pretty balanced, maybe a little bit more aggressive portfolio. Yeah. But then the other thing that people don't really account is all these other opportunities out there. Real estate has been phenomenal. Investing in private second mortgages has been amazing. But once again, when people hear these things, they get excited because right now our private second mortgages, you know, they're 20, 30,000, but you're getting like a 13, 14% return. Mm-hmm. But you have to go and sit down and understand how this thing works. You can't just jump into it. Which is intimidating to because, a lot of people. Oh, yeah. But it, you teach people how to have this because there's diversity in, in investments and in, sorry, in uh, in fund investments, say, but then there's a diversity in entirety of different products that you can get, which is what you're talking about. Yeah, there's so much you can do. Like a lot of people that, you know, I think one is, you know, a lot of people that have a house, they pay down their mortgage. They're very happy about that. And based on your age, it's kind of depends on you. But mm-hmm. a lot of people can take some equity from their home and buy another rental property. But That's they don't. And I don't know why they don't. I, my parents, same thing, live in Richmond Hill. 
They've been living there for 20 years. Bought the house for 300000 grew to $1.5 million. Oh, crap. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. But they were so proud that their mortgage is like 100000 Oh, our mortgage is only $100,000. Now they have all this equity. Yeah. So what they were able to do is, and of course, like we had to help them a little. Yeah. Borrowed that money, got three investment properties in Oshawa, each cash flowing $550 a month. Sure. Roughly. And now they're, it's amazing. Like you have all these properties, you're paying down the mortgage, you're getting this, not much appreciation, but some appreciation, paying down the mortgage, getting some cash flow. And why not? But here's the problem with them. They didn't know any of this. Like no, people they didn't don't. have the financial literacy. No one That's really right. sat them down and said, you can do this. This is possible. And debt seems really scary for a lot of people. Oh, debt. But as your financial literacy increases, your risk decreases and your your stress decreases as well. So my parents are a perfect example of this, right? I and wanted to ask you about risk. Like, So you took, let's just break that example down a little. You took some money from... Were they? It was paid off their house at this point, or, I think or they, they had still had the hundred thousand. Fifty thousand, sure. yeah. Fifty thousand on one point, yeah. whatever million. So you use some of the money and equity in their house, yep, to uh, access, and then you use it as down payments yep. on other properties, which you then rented out and charge enough to cover the mortgage plus. The mortgages plus have income coming in from each one. Yeah, so I'll give you a perfect. I'll give you one example of yeah. one of the properties. So we have one in. It's on Harmony Street, and right south of the four hundred seven, and the house was four hundred and fifty thousand or five hundred thousand dollars. The down payment was about a hundred thousand. Yeah, and with all the the repairs we did, we have all the spreadsheets and stuff like that with the mortgage and all the expenses. Their mortgage was about. With the mortgage and everything, about twenty three hundred dollars, twenty four hundred with everything, mortgage, repairs, sure. insurance, everything, and so they rent. We rent the upstairs for sixteen hundred and the downstairs for fifteen hundred. So cash flows really a couple hundred bucks. I think five six hundred dollars a month with cash flows so over over top of the mortgage. Yeah. Payment. Well, there's an upstairs person and down. It's a duplex. Yeah. Right. So. So the the reason why people are worried about this is what if something happened to the tenants yep but if you're gonna get tenants also what if something happened to your parents yep and well i guess they don't really need to be uh doing cash flow anymore but they need still need to be paying that mortgage so like what about all these what ifs yeah How do so we address with the what if, i think the my biggest what if wouldn't be tenants because oshawa like you have to study the markets that you're in okay, right yeah. so oshawa is a fantastic fantastic okay. market so much opportunity there yeah my biggest what if is if the the markets go down sure that's my biggest what if but as the markets go down rent usually increases because people mm. are scared they're not going to go into home ownership they want to kind of rent and so rent is going to stay the same so as long as you're cash flowing and as long as you have a 10-year horizon that okay. i'm going to own this house for 10 years in most cases, not all, you're going to be fine, right? You're, if you have a one, two year, I want to flip, then you're exposed to a market crash. But if you have like a 10, 15, 20 year horizon, that's like, we have Tycoon Tyson, who I don't want to talk about. No, he please. Has a, he has a property in a townhouse is, in London. You got to get him on the show. Yeah. Oh, dude, he's, he's talk a about ball his, of energy. His, like two years of experience. And yeah. <laughs> so he somehow, bought it. Yeah. yeah. He bought a townhouse, $150,000 in London, Ontario. And he's renting it out to a professor for, it's so funny, for $1,600. So his cap rate, right, is like almost 10%, which is unbelievable. So That's crazy. And uh, sorry, I got something in my eye. Oh, no, no worries. I got to get it. <laughs> I probably keep this Unedited. part in the show. The <laughs> It's like, what is he doing? Why is he blinking so much? Is he trying to wink at me for something? You know, the perils of doing, you're just recording anything, right? Is there that, you know, we're still human beings, We're right? such humans. We're making yeah. mistakes or we're goofy. So, yeah, people are still afraid, though. And and I don't know, you know, what I think back yeah. to a lot of people that I know, yeah. like, they're not buying properties at 15 or, you know, they're not wanting to be entrepreneurs and getting into this like you did at yeah. 18. Everyone just is told so much about this comfortable Follow this path, yeah. despite you know what, you, despite what you might feel. Because yeah. what you're feeling is wrong. Yeah. How many times were you told that? So much, you know. And, and I think my parents are such a. I love them to death, but they're a perfect example. Like, why on earth would we borrow money when we worked 
20 years to pay off for more. It doesn't make sense. Why would I do it, that? It's a logical response. Yeah. And, and they're right. Why would I? Because there is like no matter how much we try to mitigate it. Yeah. There is risk there 100%. where there wasn't before. And I am way more in tune to the risk. And I because I do understand all of these different options. Yep. But I'm way more in tune because I went through some really bad stuff. Right. right? And when you are in debt to 40,000 and you're making less than 40,000 right. a year, that will never, ever be paid off, mm-hmm. right? No matter what you do. And at that point, you're thinking, this is it. I never want anyone to be in this situation again, right? right? And so, yeah, I, I became very risk averse, very yep. debt averse, you know, and I'm, I'm planning to stay that way. So as much as I understand all this stuff, yeah. I personally would err on the side of safety as long as it, it helps me achieve my goal sure. in a reasonable way. Yeah. But what I gave up for that is the potential of you know, market climbs. And I do have stuff invested in, in um, more risky stuff for the long term because that just makes sense. Right. right? If you feel like that's something that uh, we should convey though, to people right. who are risk averse is that if you have a time horizon, then risk then doesn't matter if you're risk averse. Take the risky Decreases. move because yeah. you got 30 years, right? The things will correct themselves, right? Yeah. But yeah, I don't want debt though. For right? sure. I would never borrow to invest personally, mm-hmm. but I understand those. Yeah. And maybe 10 years, 10, 15 years ago when I had less to lose, if I wasn't in, in a yeah. heavy addiction, that would have made more sense to me. And you know what? Like you're a hundred percent right. And everyone's situation is so different, right? It really, if you're about to retire, horrible yeah. strategy, like this is, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Right. And for my parents, you know, the first thing I told them was borrow this money and invest it in the markets. That's mm-hmm. what I told them. Go buy some ETFs. And they were so scared of that. Like no mutual funds, no ETFs. Really? No. Even of oh. those? So and So they weren't them. investing at all? What were they doing? They weren't investing at all. Nothing. Absolutely so just nothing. Just just the mortgage paid Building down. it up, paying them. I mean, a house is not a bad thing to That's put money it. into. Yeah. Exactly. But, but they saw the power of having a, a home. And yes. when they sat down, and here's the biggest thing, they just educated themselves on how rental properties work, how to mitigate your risk. And it took a while, but as their education increased, they took action and their kind of fear decreased and real estate you can touch it right yeah. like you can feel it it's there Something the markets tangible. are kind of like yeah. it's like trading and i love them i like the markets more honestly than real estate but for them it was their situation their risk tolerance who they are what they went through and that's with everyone's situation if it doesn't make sense to you then the headache is going to be is going to kill you. It's going to eat you alive. As even if you're getting a great rate of return, you're not going to sleep at night. You're going to be stressing out about money. It's just, it's not worth it. Yeah. It really and, isn't. And breaking it down into real language as, as you're doing, I just, yeah. I just realized you said you can, real estate, you can touch it. And I use the word tangible. Tangible, yeah. And probably a lot of people don't even know what that means, yeah. right? <laughs> and, but I went to school and I learned words like tangible yeah. and intangible. Yeah. And words like amortization yeah. and depreciation rates, right? and and uh, impairment and things that no one will ever, yeah. ever need to know. Yeah. And, you know, I uh, uh, go back to what we talked about earlier, the complicated language of I had that uh, experience when it came to financial ratios. Right. I really can't stand financial ratios and the way that they're communicated. Let's talk about why we're why the current asset ratio is. You know, why is debt to equity important? What is that? <laughs> yeah. Let's just explain it instead of saying, "Oh, do all these ratios and yeah. this means that." Well, that's like uh, who said it? Who was saying Albert Einstein? Albert Einstein. Yep. That's people trying to keep things complicated yep. so that they can keep all the knowledge to themselves. Yeah. Really, the financial industry. So, have you had to break down a lot of these oh. barriers to education and and just oh the and explain that the banks are not there to help us. Yeah. So you know what? We're not anti. Like I want to be really clear. We're not anti financial advisors. We're sure. not getting. We're not no, saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Not. Not. Thinking, no, they're just, great. But yeah. if you find one, and when you're talking to them, it's like they're speaking a different language. Yeah. Like that's. You want someone that you can understand, right? You absolutely. want someone that's gonna say, "Hey, this is how much your money is gonna grow," instead of like even rate of return is such. Even yeah. that's like the. It's very basic, right? Rate of return, but. There's this, I think it was a Tony Robbins quote, not to quote you to death here, but it says, complexity kills execution. Yes. And it can't be more true in the world of money. The reason why so many people don't take action to manage their own money is because 
they feel like they need like a PhD in finance and they need to know all these terms. And honestly, you don't. As long as you have a really good foundation and you know a couple things, then you're good to go. Investing in real estate is not super complicated. Mm. It isn't. It really isn't. But there's a couple things that you do need to know. But once you learn those things, you're good to go, right? The more complicated you make it, the less likely you're going to take action on it. And we're kind of personal finance experts, so it's easy for us to overcomplicate it. But the normal person living, you know, nine to five doesn't have that much time to go out there and read books and interview no. guests and learn about this topic, right? So as simple as you can make it, the better, right? That's that's the goal. And, you know, so if people haven't done the math yet, so you're 22. Yep. And you said <laughs> you have... So, yeah. Can you break down your investments? What do, yeah. What do you so have? You with, have to get into my, numbers. Yeah, no, but, no worries. Uh, so... With with my investments, I have about hundred thousand dollars, a hundred, a little bit less than a hundred thousand in the markets. Okay. Now my portfolio is ridiculously risky. Like it, it, is, it is, it's no joke. You risky. are super young. Yeah. But risky, like risky. Like ETFs I don't own or even like stocks. Like no bonds whatsoever. Right. That, that's so, not a bad thing these days because yeah, bonds no are fixed, terrible. Yeah. No fixed income, but yeah, ETFs. So I have the Vanguard VFV, mm-hmm. and I have an international ETF. So. They're, you're saying these are risky? They're risky because I don't have any fixed income, right? Yeah. So if, if you're listening and you're like 50, 60 years old, you have yes. like, like this is kind of, ri- this is pretty risky. I think that's the only, the, really to me, and especially I've been talking to different people lately. I just had David Jenkins on the last nice. episode and he has the answer is.ca. Yep. And he recommends 100% equities. Wow. But diversified. Like we can diversify within equities and I think you're right. The only warning to be to be said out there is to people who are going to need the money in 10 years Yeah. or 5 for sure or well, even whatever. We're due for every, every 3 to 5 years there's a market crash. Yeah. Like every 3 to we haven't had one since 10 in 10 years. So if not a big one a correction of some a correction kind. correction 20% or something yeah. like that. So if you need access to that capital then you're probably better off putting that money into like a GIC. Really? You really or are a high interest savings account with for three, that well, matter. You can get like 3% now. <laughs> yeah, if you, great. if you can get 3% on a GIC. I saw I think RBC had like a billboard when I was coming in and it's like 3%. Yeah, like, I never trust the billboards. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I know it's probably all it's like, these things. Yeah, 3% ladder if you keep yeah, it in for 15 right. years. Right. Uh, <laughs> those kinds of things, three percent every five years, and but yeah. Other than that, though, see, I don't even think we talked about risk versus volatility, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a really interesting. And yeah. everyone's different definition of risk. Yep. So you have yours in, and now you say investments. These are things. Are they in tax deferred accounts? Yes. Or, yeah, so TFSA, the TFSA RSB in a co- corporation. Yeah. So it's like a corporate investing account. You got your own corporation. Yeah, started that. And you know what? It's it's probably not worth it right now, just because like it's just. But well, I want you to talk about that for a little bit. Why? Why have a corporation for investments for you? Yeah. So it wasn't as much for investments in terms of kind of just like income kind it's of you. protection it's for your business. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm I'm kind of corporation that gets paid for doing speaking and doing all these yep. different things and i think it's i here's the thing guys i live at home i drive a, a 2013 used honda civic keep doing it man no expenses whatsoever and that kind of lets me have a lot of net income so yes. my net income is is pretty high and when your net income is above i think it's like like 70 or seventy five thousand, it makes more sense to to have a corporation sure and then also when you want to buy shares and do like different like i'm starting to the corporation can buy the corporation them. can can uh do like investing like if you want to buy like a startup or do like some some stuff like that angel investing or angel something investing like that. Yeah. And, and like that's like this just is what warren case. buffett does yeah that's well, what berkshire hathaway was just buying other companies and the whole yeah. company it's i don't know that it was ever him as a person ever buying anything yeah but who knows <laughs> yeah that exactly back in the day i did read his biography but <laughs> Which i don't the, remember the all the details that was... no uh, there was actually i think it was called warren or something like that it was what one where it kind of criti- criticized uh oh, really? him a lot uh yeah yeah because he was very much uh he just only cares about making money Ruthless, doesn't care eh? about spending it his emotions just went away yeah. like it's kind of like steve jobs eh? when you read his book, that's it right? right like you you got this you're really really good at something yeah you're gonna have an offset somewhere yeah. else right so the corporation you are funneling everything to there that, yep. which means you're not taking any of it out very little, little. like i mean like very very little and I, I believe like i'm not an accountant here but i think the first 25 or 30 percent you can take out dividend 
without paying any tax. If that's your only income. If that's, yes, if yeah. that's your, you got it. Yeah. And that's, that's a hundred percent tax free. Yeah, the dividend rules in Canada are kind of awesome. I, yeah. I, I take every opportunity to, if anyone's thinking of crafting their life and, and like having only dividend income, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's up into the fifties, uh, 50,000 where you can have it tax free. It is. It's something like that. And it's pretty awesome. And for someone that doesn't don't pay for rent, don't have, car payments like nothing and so my real only expenses are uh my girlfriend and like <laughs> that's pretty much it and like we could argue gas. we're getting into a time where maybe she should pay for her own stuff there you go you know don't tell her <laughs> i said that um so yeah now let's talk about living at home because yeah i'm sure there are so many parents who have kids living at home yeah. who wish they did half of what you're doing <laughs> because they're probably not doing anything and they're just like, would you just go out and get a job or do something? And you're like, you're 22. So that this is probably okay. So like, you know, because people are going to think, oh, well, he doesn't have to pay for this or that. Well, yeah. yeah you know, you go back to when you were 18 and yeah. go do something with your life <laughs> and start making money. Nobody has this example to go back on, right? It doesn't mean that you have it so much easier. That yeah. just that just means that this is why you have this much of a net worth already. Yeah. So you're getting off to a great start. And what do your parents think now? Oh, they love it. <laughs> How can you not, right? They, How can you not? They, they love it. And, and you know, try to help out with them with, like, pay for rent. But it's not, like, a lot. Like, 750 bucks a month. Sure. Like, well, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And, and again, it, parents, listen to this, right? Your yeah. kids could be doing this. Yeah. You know, he doesn't even have a college it's education. It's challenging. <laughs> yeah, it's challenging our generation. Like, I see my friends. It's it just is. a tough time to be a young person. I looked at... Because I, I do want to move out. Like, I'm not trying to stay. No, no. But it's yeah. also a, a pretty... Oh, my gosh. It's like... It's almost the like... The amount that you save. I've done the math. It's rid, it's ridiculous Well, you know you about save. the fire movement, I, I imagine, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, a lot of the fire movement is about cutting your costs and being frugal. Well, you're yep. doing it right off the bat. Yeah. And a lot of people would love to get to the point where you are, where they have, you know, not a free place, but a very, uh, you know... Cheap, um, very cheap. Cheap, very yeah. inexpensive place to stay... And so do it early because then, you know, you're going to have investment income. You said you have a property as well, investment property? No, no property. Okay. So, so yeah, I was, I was just talking about that. I was looking at Young and Eglinton, like mm. just to buy like a new development condo just because, hey, you know what, maybe in a couple of years want to move out, of course, kind yeah, of I travel right now, that. so it's, it's not worth it. But, oh my gosh, man, like $1,000 a square foot for something that's not going to be built in in four years so, the average yeah like a two-bedroom uh, is like 900 square feet that's like a million dollars yeah i'm thinking for, the smallest place would probably be a hallway that's 700 square yeah, feet it's seven hundred thousand dollars crazy it's and like so i'm having this debate with myself i don't know what to do and so i'm at this place and i've i've come to the conclusion of you know what i'm probably gonna buy maybe two investment properties in london and rent yeah really because the, the land transfer tax is going to be lower. There's all these different things. And you know what? I'm And it really depends on your situation. I'm probably going to move in the next like four or five years. So yeah. I wouldn't want to have something that I'm going to have to sell. I want to no, hold you on to something. Be, you want to have your freedom. Right? So sure. That's another thing about property. Yeah. So I, I mean, you can hire people. I just yep. a book, uh, did an interview with my cousin who has had properties throughout his life. And yep. they moved to Zimbabwe during their life. And, and they just hired a property manager to take care of their four place nice. in nice. Ottawa. And that is something you can do. Yep. But again, this is these are responsibilities that people don't want. Yeah, right? they don't want that. And so, it, but if you get smart, the other option is, you know what? If I can go get a property in Pickering and Pickering, maybe you could get like a duplex and rent out the basement to someone. Yeah. Live upstairs, rent out the basement. I think Sean Cooper talks about that. Yeah. Live in the basement, uh, you right? Know, whenever like, somebody says live in the basement and rent up the top, uh, I think of Sean. Yeah. Because that's what he did and yep. that's how he paid off his mortgage in three years. And... You know, people think the things are impossible and, you know, you're, you don't seem like you're having to do any of the frugality stuff that uh, Sean did. No. So, yeah, that's the big thing with me. Like, yeah, I do have like not the nicest car or like rent or anything like that, but I'll definitely spend money on nice restaurants, always going downtown, getting like nice hotel rooms 
going on really nice trips. So I'm definitely not the fire movement. That's yeah. definitely not me. But Def- you're a little young for fire anyway. Yeah. But this <laughs> is why you don't have, uh, you know, why you don't have your own house like Sean exactly, and you yeah. only have $100,000 or yeah. whatever it is, right? <laughs> and, uh, but like, this is, a, what a great, great beginning for you, right? In not this. bad. Good mentors. Like, it's it's just finding the right people to, to mentor you. And yes. just to point you in the right direction. I wish I could say, oh, I was so smart and I... I no, did it on but, my own. Yeah, but nobody starts that way. Yeah. I don't know why we have to get be smart right out, out of the <laughs> gate, right? Like people expect that. It's really dumb. Give people a chance to learn, right? Yeah. And so you you started getting paid and then of course you started banking all that money as soon yep. as you could and then you're getting better at sales. And what's your role now there? So I'm the uh, vice Enrich? yeah, I'm the vice president of the company. And so yeah, so I all I do is I travel right across the country doing workshops. Uh, I've done, I think, 160 workshops. Had two today before. I had one in Brantford in the morning and then one in, one in Oakville. And that's all I do. I just travel to right across the country doing workshops, teaching people how to get smarter with their money in an, in an easy way and just simple stuff and, and yeah. really changing their mindset that, hey, if you're in debt, you're probably not in debt because of what you make. It's probably because of what you spend. Understanding MERs in the financial services industry, you know, how to create a retirement plan, how to create a yeah. financial plan, RSPs and TFSAs, like, all this stuff. And the challenge is a lot of corporations, they're not teaching their employees about money. There's mm. a massive opportunity. So you can get in there. With Enriched Academy. There yeah. is. Because you have all this training. They do massages for you. I they know. do everything. But they don't really teach employees about money. So the school system doesn't. Uh, most of our employers employers don't. We don't learn from our parents. So when do we really learn this stuff? So universities yeah. and corporations, those are kind of major uh, places for you to get in? Huge, yeah. So we have a really cool partnership with the CFL, so the Canadian Football League. Amazing. We teach their football players about money. Oh, that's great. Yeah, well, they love it. And they're like, they're so smart with their money. They, they are now. They are, s- <laughs> no, no, always. Even before, we we met one guy, yeah? he plays on BC Lions. Oh, that's good. And he has four investment properties in Windsor, all cap rate, cash flowing really, really well. We hear about athletes and spending and going crazy yeah. and going CFL, bankrupt. they don't make a lot of money. CFL yeah. is like, it's, I think it's like average salary is 100 grand. So it's not like, it's not like NFL. But they're making more money than they would have ever seen before. For sure. And I'm sure it's easy for them to get carried away. Yeah. So you might have seen ones that were just, so when you go, like, so you've done things with the CFL. Yep. Spoke to, yep. talk to players. Yep. Is it intimidating, first of all? No, they love it, man. And you know <laughs> what, I mean, Kevin, like, they're all just huge. Yeah, oh, they're huge, man. They're, they would you're like, literally. like, what if I say the wrong thing? I'm so skinny. Like, I know you can't see. I'm so, they could probably Well, you're going to be on the front cover of the podcast There you go. Episode, you guys are going to so. see how skinny I am. And these guys are huge. And, but they're such cool guys such they cool got a good dudes. head on their shoulders for, such for, such a big heart right? yeah like just real good people and kevin does a really good job whenever i go on stage and he always does a really good introduction and talks about my story and sure adds in some jokes and stuff like that and they love it they they really do and when you see a That's 20 cool. yeah when you see a 22 year old do it and man i got like 36 percent in high school math like and i cheated right to get that mark so i'm not like a smart smart guy but you know, I just understand how money works and I'm able to translate in a way that's really simple. Like ETFs and those things aren't hard to explain, but people make them way harder to explain. Yeah. Like an ETF, like I'll, I'll give you kind of an example here. What an ETF is, it's basically a variety pack. That's all it is. It's sure. one fund that you buy and inside that fund, you have all these great companies in them. So if one company goes down, you have all these other companies kind of holding you up. So it's a really cool way to have money in different companies. So you don't put all your money into one, one company and you're kind of diversified. So, and when you speak like that to these guys, they get it. Cause they're so used to people coming in and using a, a high language. So yeah. Yeah. You need a Vanguard, you know, or X, yeah. you need to get shares in XIC. And yeah. XIC, like, the what, Canadian are, one. what are these, what does it mean? What is a code? What is a Vanguard? Right. What yeah. What I think is a Vanguard. <laughs> and is a, is an MER of 0.01 good? Yeah, it is. But, um, zero one percent, but you can get on some now, right? Like Vanguard has that all new. Have you seen that no. one? It's, it's unreal. It's all in one ETF. So you could buy this one exchange traded fund and in it, you Is have three bonds? to four different ETFs. So you can literally go on question and just buy one. They have a, uh, a really aggressive one. So perfect. Yeah. They have a conservative one and a balanced one. So, so it's almost like they're giving you the options like Tangerine would have like three balanced index funds. Yeah. But I'm guessing their MER is like, it's n- like nothing. nothing. It's so low. It's and like, you know what it's like? It's like 
a robo advisor. Yeah, they do it. They do the rebalancing for you. They do everything. But you don't have to pay the robo advisor fee. Yeah, and the, the, you know it's it seems like it's getting way cheaper to invest. Oh like, my gosh. especially on your own, which a lot of people aren't comfortable with. I get. Yeah, like including myself. Yeah. I just don't want to use the brain space. Feel that. Yeah. Right. But I get it, and. uh the two percent fees yeah. management expense ratios. I don't want to say MERs anymore because I think it's too complicated. It is too complicated. Right? <laughs> management expense ratio. Like what the yeah. heck? They just created that term to confuse us. They made us. it up. They did. They made it up so that they could justify its yeah. existence. Right? You know what the third leading cause of death is in the United States? Uh, you're gonna say MERs? No. <laughs> I wish it's called iatrogenic causes. It's just a fancy way of saying physician or medical error. Interesting. It's mistakes made by mistakes, the doctor. Mistakes, but they made up, or they took this word from old Latin or, yeah. or Greek or wherever <laughs> and made it so that I wouldn't understand what yeah. that means. When you when you hear itrogenic, when I first heard, I'm like, this must be like some, for, some like some Ebola, disease. right? Like yeah. it must be like a bowl. Like, hope I don't catch this. Let me wash my hands, <laughs> right? Like, it's mistakes. That's all it is. So every industry uses languages to confuse us. Insurance does it, financial services, real estate, healthcare. So the first step to understanding any new skill is just to understand the language yeah right and once you know these terms and you're better equipped and when you hear mer you'll hear commission that's what it is yeah. right and so yeah stuff that goes into someone else's pocket and not yours yeah exactly <laughs> a lot of times especially if it's low it's justified because they are putting all these little pieces of the companies into a fund they're choosing the right ones they're balancing them out for you yeah and sure they're doing it in a very computerized sort of way but they're putting these packages together so it's worth the point whatever you know what it is and you know what there's even an argument for two percent mer which i don't agree with but if you're getting personalized help if you're getting someone that's going to hold your hand and, and comfort you and and really be specific with you. That's what I think is lacking in these robo-advisors. Sure. They're great, but there's no one-on-one help. There's no system to to talk about mortgages, to talk about insurance, to talk about budgeting, to talk about retirement planning. They don't exist. And those things usually exist with a financial planner, right? Yeah. So there is there's still a ton of value with uh, financial advisors. They offer one-on-one customized personalization help. As soon as the robo advisors figure that out, then it's game over. Yeah, I think they're probably going to be adding more. In the U.S., it's in. huge. It, yeah, the personal capital. Yeah, you have even if you have like twenty thousand, you have a personal somebody dedicated, and they create plans for you. Like here's your plan here, and they talk about insurance and mortgages. Well, Planswell does that here. Yep. But uh, I think everyone's sort of heading that way. Yeah. I, mean, I think Planswell sort of paved the way because they have a robo advisor, but they aren't only a robo advisor. Yeah. They're making the plan for free. Yep. And you, they want you to review the plan, right? Like that's the, this is what this is everything that I wanted. Yep. to happen this was what i started doing yeah i was like here let's do this and then i'll send you to the robos to finish off the work yeah right but now they have somebody like there for you which is great so i hope it really kind of goes mm-hmm. across the board and then you guys will keep educating so okay enrich academy yep the give us a spiel how do people find you yeah so if you go to enrichacademy.com we're there we are on instagram facebook we're doing all that so you're yeah. all over linkedin all There's over linkedin videos ex- to the extreme <laughs> of all of, of all the things that you've done yep. well some of the presentations you've yep. done are they all recorded or no you, no, no that just would some. Be. i've yeah. seen some right yep. And that's kind of what you would be doing at a, a workshop or there's an example of what you would be doing at a Yeah, exactly. So there's so much on LinkedIn where we're just getting our social media up and running. We're very much a B2B company. So okay, we're not yeah. very much B2C. No. Um, but we're, we're entering that space. We're doing like webinars. We're... We're trying to host a lot more stuff. So that's something to kind of look out for. That's our complicated language. So B2B, yeah. B, business to business. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> so because we want the Bs to pay and not the Cs. Exactly. Right? So the businesses so are going to pay. So the Cs get it for free. This, so the Cs <laughs> get it for free. So yeah. So you get your corporation, your company, as pay as a part of yeah. financial wellness and health uh, package, right? Yep. Which has become much more popular from what I've been uh, hearing. And or your school. Yep. Like your university. Career colleges are big. Yes. They, so, they actually make it mandatory. So that's amazing. For like CDI career college. Yeah, sure. They, their students, like they're making it mandatory for them to watch this program to Great. teach them about their student loans and credit cards and how yeah. their money works. But in a fun way, right? Like not once again in a way I'm guilty of using that B2B language, but in a way that's like, yeah. like it's just <laughs> like entertaining. And Kevin, you should see Kevin Cochran speak. He is the funniest speaker you have ever seen on money he just makes it so funny to 
to watch, and you would think you're at a comedy show, yeah. Let alone a personal finance seminar. Well, you got to so. come down to FinCon because there's a lot sure. of that down there too, for sure. But uh, that's what we need. We need people who are super comfortable and passionate, like yourself, yep, uh, to spread the word. And we'll keep doing this and uh, making podcasts. And uh, listen, Rich Academy, Arian, uh, you got to say your own last name. Bezai. Don't Bezai. even try. I thought so. Don't even it's try. It's got a lot of vowels in it. <laughs> I just didn't want to get it wrong. Vowels. So Arian Bezai. <laughs> yep. Perfect. Thanks so much for coming. Thanks for having me. I had a blast. Thanks so much. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or however you get your podcasts. If you're already a subscriber, thank you so much. I'd love to get your feedback on this episode or any other episode in my new Facebook group. To find the group, go to Facebook and search for The Personal Finance Show. Once you're approved, you'll be able to interact with me and previous guests of the show and other fans as well. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Personal Finance Show. Next week, my guests will be Liz Enriquez, founder of AmbitiousAdulting.com and the Facebook group Personal Finance for Canadian Millennials. <laughs>